Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for being with us this morning. As we gather, we gather in a special time, a special season. As we begin the Advent season of hope this day. A season ushering in the coming of Christ. And what a time for hope indeed. So as we light this Advent candle of hope this morning, I want you to allow the concerns, the anxieties, the fears of your everyday lives, some of which you've come here with this morning, to recede and allow simply the hope of this Advent season to encompass your life, your thoughts, your prayers, your prayers not only for yourself, but for others. So, in the full knowledge that, is, that, that it is in the hope of Christ that we gather here this morning. Good morning, people of God. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask that you please be seated, but I do need to correct the seating, please, where there is four in a pew. Can you please move once for us? And where it has two stickers, it needs two people. And where there's three, are we all seated accordingly? Thank you so much. Over to you, Sydney. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We welcome you, O Lord, into the midst of this celebration. We welcome all that will happen here this Advent morning and throughout this day. For we know that it is for our healing and our growth. We welcome all thoughts, prayers, feelings, emotions, persons, situations and conditions. As we gather this morning, Lord, may we let go of our human desires, our desire for power and control. May we let go of our attachment to the material trappings of our lives that keep us from stretching our visions vast and boundless. We let go of our egos and personalities that hinder our ability to love without reservation. We simply call upon you, Almighty God, to open us to your love, your presence, and your action within us. Amen. Let us pray. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. You make us, Lord, to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. You restore our souls. You lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So that even though we walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For you are with us, your rod and staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint us and our young people with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it is, Almighty God, our shepherd, that you gather this young flock of yours and bring them to this point that you entrust your role here on earth into their care. Tyra, Zelme, Shazam, Lucano, Kel, Chloe, and Nicholas into your shepherdly care. We thank you, Lord, for their beautiful, young, and energetic lives. We thank you, Lord, that you gather them at this threshold of this mature Christian journey, young and unsure, no doubt, but filled with hope that you are able to achieve through them and through their willing spirits. We too thank you this day, Lord, for your will in the lives of our, some outstanding and fearless young Christians, Caleb, Carl, Iron, and the whole Alpha team, whom you have used as your instruments of encouragement, of guidance, of advice, and love. We pray too that you will continue, that they will continue to know your love and guidance. So dear Father God, we stand in praise of your name that it is through no coincidence that we gather this morning and we uplift the families, the parents of these beautiful young adults to your care as well. We thank you that through perseverance and love and their advice and cajoling and parenthood, they brought these young people to your altar this morning. We pray for their families. And we pray for a continued growth and togetherness within their family homes. It is therefore also no coincidence, dear Father, that we make this public covenant of confirmation on this first Sunday of Advent, Lord. What a time for hope indeed. Indeed, Lord, we are strengthened, renewed, revitalized, and repurposed by the hope of this Advent season. Our hope is not simply a wish, like a little wish list. Our hope is something different than just a wish for change. No, our hope is a sure trust and faith in Almighty God to restore, to revitalize, to encourage and to guide us and these young people, to reinvigorate a battered, battle-scarred people with beaten bodies, beaten emotions and spirits. 
This is the hope we know you bring to us this day, Father. As you bring these young servants for the blessing only you can bestow on them. We come together with a hope that inspires us to 16 days of activism against women and children abuse. We gather with a hope that brings us to five days of mourning for the ravages of our family lives, our community fabric, and our country in the face of COVID-19. A hope that inspires us to keep on keeping on. A hope that demands of us to be the change. So Lord, even though we walk through the valley of COVID-19, even though we walk through the valley of youth unemployment, which these young people will face, even though we walk through the valley of drug and alcohol abuse, of rising race, hatred, and tension, yea, though we work, walk through the valley of poor government and state corruption, yet we will fear no evil. For you are with us, Lord. You, only you support us. You renew us. You could reconnect us to each other. You make our cups overflow. So dear Lord, we pray that you keep these young lights burning ever brightly. That these young men and women may take up your charge. That you empower them beyond their wildest imagination. That your power, faith, acts of service, and servanthood will become manifest through them. O Father, Spirit that is love within us, revered and holy be thy name. Let thy kingdom of love, goodness, and hope come to expression in and through us. And thy will, thy will, not our will, be carried out in and by us. Just as you taught us to pray, may we stand and sing the Our Father together. So as it has become our, our COVID uh, tradition, um, the the offertory boxes were were out at the front um, when you came in, so we trust that you deposited your your offertories on the way in. Friends, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, Lord Jesus, be acceptable in your eyes. Lord, you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. And it is in you, Lord Jesus, that we, your people, put our trust. Amen. Friends, as we gather this morning in support of our young adults, because they're not... Oh, I better be careful, eh? Because you might just use it on your parents. If I say you're not children's anymore. 
on our young adults as they come to profess their faith before God this morning. I begin with a quotation by George Mueller, who writes the following. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. And I want to then bring in relation to that particular quote, a reading from the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, which reads, The fear of human opinion disables, but trust in God protects. Hear those words from scripture. Seven young people, the fear of human opinion, and we know that human opinion matters to you at your tender ages of 16 and 17 and older. What people think of you matters to you. You, you build a particular understanding of your self-worth and your self-image around what the children at school or university or at work thinks of you and expresses an uninvited opinion about you. Human opinion, says the scripture, the fear of it disables. However, those who learn to trust in God is protected. Should we then add a theme to that? I want to lead us in our consideration of the scripture. Put your trust in God. Trust is defined as the following. It is a particular confidence, a reliance, or, and I like the next word, a resting of your mind. A resting of the mind on, and I want for you to hear this definition, on the integrity. So when you pick a person in whom you choose to bleed or to place your heart. It needs to be a person of integrity, veracity, someone that can lead you to justice, a friendship that is solid or sound principles of another person. So some of you may not know this, but I also have a teenage daughter and a teenage son. They, like you, go through exactly the processes of filtering who you are and what you are becoming. And we as parents and loved ones stand alongside our children and grandchildren and we recognize the changes that they are going through. Because every human being processes, grows and becomes what God wants them to be. It's not just placed there. And so... As we speak this this morning, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. But on the flip side of it, the beginning of faith is the end to anxiety. The context in which we come to minister this morning is a very challenging context. This past week, I worked in El Dorado Park with the community there where I work. On, a, on another Sunday once a month, 
We did the 16th day of activism launch of no violence against women and children. A very challenging time for me because in the face of what I was doing there was sitting across a young girl who was raped at the age of eight. But because she had the audacious spirit to come in courage against the perpetrator, he got four life sentences. Just imagine yourself when you were eight. I had little ponytails. My ribbons were longer than my actual plait, but that was okay. But imagine that eight confronted by the evil of being raped at the hand of somebody that you know. But the challenge she rose to was to choose life. You see, for her, the beginning of a faith that was restored was the end of her anxiety. Praise God. Our context is very charged. I know that the parents here this morning have the same particular conversations and it's important for our children to hear this, that we're not the only parents that say, do not be so bare, cover yourself, do this. It's not about you, it's about the people that will look at you and think that it's suggestive. When I was eight, you won't believe this, but I did wear a shorts once upon a time. <laughs> I played hockey for the school. And I wore the same length of skirt and it was never an issue. But today, everything is so charged. How we dress and how we look is read in a particular way. Everything about life is so charged. It is so charged and so challenging that we don't live in the freedom that God wants for us to live. And so the anxiety that sets in takes the place of faith. This morning, God is charging you to replace your anxiety with faith so that your anxiety can end. Our context in which we live is ever-changing. I don't have an issue with that because nothing can be stagnant. But it's so anxious. Some of you will remember when we grew up, my particular age, and I'm the youngest, I think of the lot. Remember when the neighborhood could raise you? When the neighbor next door could tell you, I'm going to tell your father you walk with Hyden. I don't know that boy. And true as Bob as my dad walks in at five o'clock, the phone rings. And it's the one who appointed herself to be the street monitor. <laughs> Mr. Brainers, she walked with a boy I didn't know. You must just check him out. He's got blue eyes and fair hair. And my father would consider what she had said because the village raised her. But the age in which you are raising your children pretty much says to us, mind your own business. Just the other day, one of the children from the Parky School was abducted and robbed in Goldman Street, Bordella. Another challenge is the fact that language is so layered. Parents, don't you battle with language? So, for example, I want to ask you the question, anybody knows what tick is? Anyone? Nobody knows what tick is. Young people, do you know what tick is? What is tick, Shazan? A drug. Anyone else? A what? 
What's that? What did you say, Chris? Call? Crystal Me. Do you know that I had a subject at school called <laughs> I had it as a subject, it was one of my best. The English for that, for those of you who are looking so puzzled, is typing. Can you understand how layered language is? There was an advert of Debonair's pizzas, and you remember, they began to put in this, uh, at, the, at the edges, they rolled a fricadelle or something to make it a particular flavor of the day. Do you know that? And so the one day I said to the children, what would you like for supper? And the obvious answers would always be pizzas. And then I said, what about the new one with that particular rolled thing? It has a fricadelle. Aiden nearly had a cadenza. Because of frick Adele. Thank you, you got it. <laughs> we had to change frick Adele to meet her. Because language is layered. We never grew up like that. So friends, the lesson in that is Remember the power of your tongue. Remember the power of your tongue. Nicholas, where you are in your school, what you are called to do in your class is to speak life into your classmates. And one of the strongest weapons you've got, Chloe and Cal, is the power of your tongue. Lucanio and Shazan and Zalmay and Tyra, remember the power of your tongue. The scripture says in the tongue lies the power of life and death. If you choose to speak the language of life, you are choosing faith. When you choose faith, you are saying to anxiety, I declare and I block you from entering into my space. I will live the way God has intended it for us the language that we bring this morning is a language of life, not of death. John 10, chapter 10 states very clearly, Jesus says, and we say it to the seven of you, the thief comes. And remember, the thief comes in disguised forms. And a simple expression every day as you walk into your schools, you need to say, Satan, get behind me. Play it over yourself. John 10, chapter 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, only to steal, to kill and to destroy. Your parents have worked too hard and we continue to work so hard. When I was expecting Carol Ann, one of the senior people in the church said to me, Heidi, what have you done? Just eat it while you can. Because training them never stops even when they grow into adults. We fight so that the thieves cannot come near you. And today is not the end of that fight. As the church, we have a collective responsibility to pray for each one of you by name that the thieves will not come to steal or to kill or to destroy anything that is good within you. So here, fresh Jesus' declaration 
over you, Tyra, Zalmay, Shazan, Lucanio, Cal, Chloe, and Nicholas. I, the Lord, have come to give you life and to give it to you in abundance so that you may live life to the full. I plead with you to choose life. Live for God, live in God, and move in God. And I'm not saying be overly holy. Please don't do that. I see your profile statuses. I see the pictures that you put on social media and Instagram. I love the fact that I can follow you and do all sorts of things. So carry on. <laughs> but I hope that in one of your Instagrams and profile pictures, one of these days I will see that you will profess. I choose life. I choose faith and I choose Jesus. When you are intentional in your life choice to live for God, remember what the scripture says, seek first the kingdom and all other things will be added unto you. Let's come back to trust. Trust enables, in other words, it allows you to do. Fear disables you. Trust enables you to live without weights, without the burdens and the cares, because you have the confidence that someone else will deal with the things that brings you. Children have the best life. You don't have to worry about the bed that you sleep on that's looked after, the food that you eat that's looked after, um, how you get to school or to work that's looked after. Uh, where you go on holiday, that is looked after. Who's going to pay for the DSTV because you want to watch your sports? I know you do that. And, and where you eat, it's looked after. So just consider in the same way that your, your soul and your spirit is looked after. Because God loves you enough to say, place your hand in mine. I've got your back. Friends, putting our trust in God means casting our cares on him. You make a decision to do that. In the same way that people say to you, put on your clothes, put this away, do that. It's a physical, tangible task you need to do and you declare it with the words of life. Choose God in all things. Because you see the benefit of putting your trust in God is A, it offers you rest. Remember the definition said you can rest your mind. What a beautiful thing it is to rest in God. And I'm the first to want to start a campaign, and I wonder if any of you would like to join me. I'm going to start the campaign the 1st of January, 2021. Exams must fall. Thank you. The anxiety that comes with the one tool in which you need to be assessed whether you are competent or not causes such anxiety. And you need to do, you need to hustle, you need to do the work, you need to, you need to study and you need to do what you need to do, but it cannot consume you to the extent that your peace is no longer within you. Again, I want to bring a quotation to you. If anything, from a friend, to a special boy, to a special girl, to the choice you make in terms of which university you're going or what you're going to study. If anything robs you of your peace, 
it is too expensive. What does it mean to trust in God? It means that you can rest your mind on the knowledge and understanding that God hems you in from before and behind. I know that you are anxious about your self-worth. You are anxious about your safety. You are anxious about whether you belong in a particular group or circle. You are anxious about your recognition in your, fam in your circles. You are anxious about survival because all you want to do is survive and get through this. You are anxious about rejection when friends grow and grow out of you and you grow beyond them that they will reject you. You are anxious about inclusion. You are anxious about whether you are enough. You are anxious about peer influence, expectations, succeeding. I hope that you're anxious about your spiritual growth too. But not in a negative anxiety, but in a will to want to seek God in all things. People of God, there is no rest when there is anxiety. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. We have so much that troubles us unnecessarily. Because the scripture also teaches us the battle is not ours. The battle is God's. So, as I conclude, to the seven young people, begin your day with a simple but profound prayer. Lord, thank you for protecting me in this day from the things unseen and unknown. And just give it. Secondly, we encourage you to live by discernment. You know those little butterfly things which you have in your spirit? When you know something is off and something is not right, it's called a discerning spirit, an intuition that God has placed in you. When you feel it, that is the prompting of the spirit. Be obedient to that. Thirdly, when you pray, you plant, you cannot rush the harvest. So Jesus is teaching us to be patient in our waiting. When you trust God, you give it to God and you wait. Fifthly, every aspect of your life is in God's hands. What a joy that we can say, he is all-knowing and he is all-powerful. Amen. Tyra and Zalmay, Chloe, Nicholas, Lucanio, Cal, and Shazam. I offer you this word from the church as we conclude. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Hear the promise of God. I, the Lord your God, will make your paths. We pray this for each one of you and for your family, that every step that you take beyond this day, you will walk in the favor of God. Fear nothing, for God has your back. In the name of God, our Creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, the people of God say, Receive God's blessing and go in peace. May the sovereign Christ Jesus bless you 
and keep you. May Christ's face shine upon you and the divine spirit be gracious unto you. May Christ's love rest upon you and you'll be given divine peace. Amen.